Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Legion 99 podcast, your source for the latest tactics, news, battle reports, hobby talk, and general Legion chatter. Um, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Legion 99. I'm Nick, and I am here with Mike Cirillo. And uh, guess what? He's back. I am. He's back. We got him back. Um, <laughs> not really. It wasn't that much work. He basically asked me. I didn't ask him. So, But I was like... True. Yeah, I guess we'll take you back. It's good timing. Now, welcome back, Mike, as, uh, uh, you know, uh, permanently back to the cast. Or, you know, uh, very excited to have you back. Everybody at the Trooper was very excited when uh, we were able to work that out. Yeah, so. I'm not really sure how I got roped back in the TFT, but somehow I'm back there. Yeah. It's been like well, you know, three, four years. Along here with me. <laughs> with me here. Always in my heart. Well, uh, thank obviously, you. thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you bring a lot. You bring a lot to the show. So, uh, and you know, with Keegan stepping back for a little while, uh, it kind of was perfect timing. Um, that was convenient. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure Keegan will be back, but you know, for now, it was like I was just going to be who am I? I'm going to like throw out my fishing line in the fifth trooper pool and see who wants to cast with me each, <laughs> each episode. That was basically what was going to happen. And well, that's great. Like, now that's accurate still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, uh, it's since we joined, that's one of the great things since we joined the network, um, being able to pull from such like a uh, illustrious, great cast of people uh, in the community. Like Evan Paul has been on a few times, Mike Barry, uh, obviously Jay's been on a few times, Evan Bullris, um, I'm probably forgetting some people who joined us, uh, but you know, it's been awesome. Um, but now you're back. So, uh, you know, it's just the two of us today. A little stability. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and we're jumping right back into it. We got a lot to talk. We got, a, I wouldn't say a lot to talk about, but we have, uh, we have stuff to talk about. So, um, so we don't news. We usually hit the news first. We don't really have any news, um, except, they did mention they did another like answering the burning questions. You know, the AI probably answered them, but uh, uh, they did the one thing that was relevant is is that they mentioned that like they will be putting up new product pre orders in November. That usually means it's usually about six to eight weeks from when they post the pre orders to when it's actually coming out. So, um, they didn't say it was Legion specific, so it could be anything i know mcp and shatterpoint are in droughts now too um and x-wing and armada forever droughts pretty much but uh hopefully some legion stuff i i feel like quarter one they did say genotions so they could be in they january did. that'd be cool yeah i really um, i hope that we get some sort of legion specific ideas too because it might give us a concept of what's going to be legal for worlds right yeah. I, I have a strong feeling that like Genotians are going to be legal for worlds for sure, but I think Inquisitors is kind of like second know, one is the one I'm worried about. That's the one <laughs> where just like, throw it out. Yeah, I think Genotians are going to be good. And it like separatists, like the CIS faction needs help. Or like, even something new. Right. They need something new, not a battle force. So it's like it'll be great to breathe some life into that faction because it's been a while since they've had anything like truly like, you know, Asajj is cool, but like I feel like wrong time for release for her. Yeah, but. we already have two four Caesars. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I it was probably like two months ago when uh, Rich O'Brien joined us, but I said that I was pretty excited to get a third core option potentially, yeah. and this yeah. is a third core option. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty stoked to see what kind of new puzzle pieces we can. And it's with. like it's so different than what they already have, which is yeah. great. So it's um, not another just like range two only mm -hmm. white save. Yeah, wait, actually it is. <laughs> just a lot, faster. but. 
So I mentioned that uh, Mike's back with us at Fifth Trooper. We're part of the Fifth Trooper Network. So check us out on Patreon. Give us a dollar a month, whatever you want. Uh, join our Discord. Come hang out with us. Talk to us. Uh, exciting times. Um, but yeah. Events. Events. A few got, upcoming events. We've got packs about a month and a week away. The big one. Or I call it the big one. SoCal Open's happening right now. Looks awesome. Uh, wish I could be there. Um, but like up next is the next uh, big world qualifiers packs in Philly. Uh, get hyped, everyone. And we are full. We're at a full 64-64. We have like, I think there's six or seven on the wait list. Most people have like messaged me personally. Um, or I, it's or it's like, you know, somebody I talk to all the time. So they, you know. Um, as soon as people drop, I'll add people in off the wait list in the order in which they joined the game uplink. So, uh, if you want a better idea of when you would know if you're going to get to play, I don't have that, but I expect, uh, pretty much anybody who I expect pretty much everybody who's on the wait list, like right now, as I speak, will probably get to play because people always, there's change. always, there's always Plans seven drops a week of the day. Of. Yep. Yeah. I know at least a few people are planning on coming no matter what, because it's packs or, you know, they figure they'll get to play. So it'll be great. Uh, I'm very excited. I would love to start the day with 64 players on Saturday. Um, but uh, I don't have any other news about packs. Uh, I'm working on, I started uh, painting a new table today. I have to paint two more tables before we get there. But that's like, there that's was one point for you. I painted one table in like, three days and it wasn't even like a grind it was like i was just motivated and like i wasn't even off work it was just like that's what i did in my free time those three days completely and like i just painted a whole table and it's a nice looking table too so it'll get done um speaking of i'm hoping to have this table i started today i put paint on it last week like the primer and i like actually started painting it at the desk today a little while ago there's some pieces behind me if you like zoom in and squint if you're on the youtube um but uh, I'm headed up to a uh, Red Seal Gaming up in New Jersey. Uh, it's like Northish New Jersey, uh, Central North. Yeah, it's not like New York North, but it's like North Jersey. I think it's firmly North Jersey. Uh, Red Seal Gaming, um, our very own uh, Patreon subscriber Graham, uh, Canadian Bear on the Discords, um, is hosting. Um, it should be pretty sweet. It's October 28th, so if you're listening, if you listen to the cast when it comes out, it's this weekend coming up. Um, He's having, since it's Halloween, he's having a costume contest, which is awesome. I'm going to wear a costume. I'm very excited. Uh, some really cool prizes for the costume contest. I got really, I was going to wear the costume no matter what. But then when I saw the prize, I was like, dang, do I need to go buy a really cool costume? Like, do I need to like upgrade this? Uh, you know, but uh, I'll also be debuting a new table there at this tournament. You won't see it before then. No one will. Have it's I seen secret. this one yet? No, no, okay. it's not. It's not painted yet. No one. I haven't even seen it. I've conceptual conceptualized it in my mind. It's there. I know what it should look like. Lay out the drugs, man. Great. They're not <laughs> drugs if they're legal. <laughs> no, comment. Uh, no comment. So that's coming up this weekend. Uh, there's like a, a like twelve or thirteen, I think, registered right now. Uh, we definitely want to get that to sixteen players so that we can because it's a store championship. We definitely. Oh, there's a smoke alarm going on upstairs in my house. That's great. <laughs> Someone is cooking food. Hang on, I'm going to mute. Sure. 
<laughs> Never mind. It's stop. Did you hear it? I did. Yeah. <laughs> the dude who lived in this house before us was like a hardcore firefighter. So he installed some serious smoke detectors in this house. Like you open the oven door and they go off That's and then terrible. they all go off. Dude, it's awful. Uh, I, I expect it to happen at least one more time. So it'll be fun. <laughs> it wasn't that loud. No, it only went off once. Thankfully, sometimes it goes off like five or six times. But uh, yeah, so uh, come on up to uh, Red Seal Gaming uh, Store Championship. Um, I'm going to play a fun Rebel list. I'm I, Maybe Man- Mandos, I think, in general. Like, maybe I'll play Shadow Collective Mandos. I don't know. I'm really like, I really want to play Mandalorians. What about like Din the Mandalorian? Yes, we'll get there. We'll, that would have been a really good segue. Anyway, uh, I have one more event to plug. Ah, oh, damn uh, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you were, it was, I was perfect. ready for it. I was ready for it. But I like to do the events in order. We, we jump packs ahead. We always do. But the next one, two weeks, two weeks later, November 11th, uh, top deck games is hosting their, uh, second store championship event. Um, so we will be giving out an invite. If we hit 16, if we somehow hit 32, we'll give out a second one. Cause we have two, um, we probably won't be doing like a fourth round for a cut because I kind of anticipate it not being necessary since so many people going already have invites. Like I think of the 13 registered, like eight people have invites. So it's just going to pass down. It's like, (laughs) if there's a scenario where like two, the top two undefeateds are, you know, we will like, don't have an invite. We will do that fourth round. But if, if there's a scenario where like there's three undefeateds and we had like 20 players and like, one of only one of them didn't have an invite they're just going to get the invite and we're going to go home because like yeah like i don't want to have to keep staff there longer than you know and then closing though we did make it out of there only five minutes after closing last time we did pretty good last time and there was like 32 33 players so i I think we i I got in the truck to pull out at five after 10 and they closed at 10 so i felt really good about that um and it'll probably it's probably only going to be like 18 20 players i guess um but those are the events that we've been talking about. And yes, I'm probably going to bring Din to this event this weekend because Din is fun, even though he's not that great. Right, Mike? That's I think he's a little subpar. Yeah. And I'm sure there's ways that we can make him better. Yep. We're probably points. He does do. Probably points. Um, And maybe a loadout keyword, but. Oh, no. I don't know if that would I guess it would help would if help. you wanted if you wanted to take the spear, I guess, and then you mm-hmm. felt like you might want to flex to the Ambin rifle, like because it's cheaper. That's really the only thing I think though, right? Like uh I think you could make an argument for flame projector versus prepared supplies. Yeah, that's fair, I guess, too. There's a couple of like playing... edge cases. I don't think that it would be like a be all end all fix for him, but it would be a nice little right. nice to have. I played him on there's every now and then that Cassian and I didn't get good value out of it, but you don't see them using it every game. No, with the exception of the rifles Thursday night, I played him and I guess like I didn't use flamethrower. Um, he, he, it was, I was playing against a Kashyyyk battle force. So Mm -hmm. it was like only, he only had three model squads. So it's like, I never, and I didn't have an opportunity because Yoda and Chewie just dove on Din. I did get to double punch them with the Amban and the knife combo with uh, his two pips. And that was fun. And I almost killed both of them because Yoda had like, I I shot it or something shot at Yoda and Yoda took like three wounds. (laughs) And then like he dove into Din and then Chewie dove into Din. So I played the two pip and (laughs) Chewie, Chewie died because Chewie had already taken like 
four wounds or five wounds and didn't got like four and pierce so he got him and then yoda yoda i was like if i kill yoda here like that's like the lottery right (laughs) but i did not kill yoda and then yoda killed din so uh but uh not having the spear and like access to dodges for duelist uh hurts hurts my feelings yeah um but I guess before we get too far into the Din rabbit hole, should we kind of go over what we're going to talk about for the majority of the episode today? Yeah. Yeah. So, so go ahead. You figured, leave. As we get closer to the end of the year, but not exactly into like the Christmas holiday season, we're about 10 months on from the CRB releases and a lot of the quote unquote rulebook 2.0 changes. And we're also a full year as of Thursday from the IGs and Din releasing. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about the state of those three units, um, IG-8811 and DIN, and then some of the actual practical changes about the CRB, and now that we've had about a year to digest, see them at different events, and then really just play with them and give terrain makers the chance to adjust tables to suit those rules, like, how are they actually doing? You know, and how are our opinions, and are they as overblown or dramatic changes as we thought they were? Are they pretty good? You know, we can kind of talk about that. And after we finish that, we can kind of talk about what actually constitutes a competitive set of terrain these days, because you could make a pretty valid case that that's changed a lot over the last year, probably yep. for the better. Yep. All right. So what do we want to talk about first? I think we could start with 88. Okay. This should be a pretty quick segment. Um, yeah. I mean, he's pretty, maybe not S tier meta, but he shows up in a lot of empire lists that win. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously a world champion. Yep. And I think he's going to have a lot of play going forward, the Inquisitors. Okay. Uh, I actually played a, a little test game with them earlier today with both the Inquisitors and 88. Just, you know, Ooh. some proxies. 3D printing is a thing. <laughs> was, I, I, I'm i not, no, that wasn't it 3D there. printing or anything. I'm just not looking. You're starting the meta too soon, man. Nah. You're trying to jump the shark here. I, I don't think those guys are the meta, but I think they'll be a decent, or that combination of three. See, but yeah. they'll be a, a decent dark horse. Uh, unlike Boba Fett, there's no command card overlap. You know, you basically just need IG's one pip and then maybe the two pip. And that one's even. The two pip gives him. Uh, uh, the which steady, one's the it, one that gives him the aim every turn? Uh, that's also the two pip. He's got a okay. one and two twos. Okay. Um, but you can get away with just the one pip and then running five that's Inquisitors. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that one worked out pretty nicely. Um, I think you'll actually see that on tabletop laboratories very soon it's a cool pretty YouTube cool channel from a from a buddy of ours yep um but i think 88 is really good as it is he's got pierce he's got sharpshooter he's got the ability to turn off green tokens um and those are all things that republic jedi which are quickly becoming vogue don't like anakin that can't spend green tokens is a really sad anakin uh it gets pretty yeah. squishy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I mean, Gemso is so is so good. <laughs> like, just like you know, I'll I might take a wound, but you're definitely taking a wound, and like mm-hmm. being able to turn that off is pretty good. Um, I've always felt that like IG88 plays a lot like Bosk, except IG88 to get his full value needs to get to range three eventually. But like at range, like with the red save and armor one, it's like he can be pretty tanky unless there's, you know, and he's got, he has impervious too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. So it's like, he can be 
quite tanky um and he's like a lot less prone to just being blown off the table due to like a positioning mistake like bosk is mm-hmm. um though bosk is like super lethal at range four so you, he can get away with a little bit more there in that range band yeah he's kind of like um, if bosk went out on a date with a short trooper captain like ig eighty-eight's the result <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> But didn't I didn't think, think I'd hear still... that, but all right. <laughs> it's too many angry orchards, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I think he's still going to be pretty stable in the meta going forward. He's going to be pretty weak to some of the Wookiee battle forces, though, because the armor does trigger impact. He still doesn't love Pierce, even with Impervious. He's only five wounds. And he, he doesn't really have a surge. Yeah, he can't really hide from the Fluttercraft. So yep. if the Wookiee battle force takes over, I think he'll probably go away for a little bit. But otherwise, he'll be he'll be around in the meta for a while. Bounty hunters are cool, right? It's like yeah. rule of cool. People have always wanted to play bounty hunters since like they were first introduced into the game with Boba Fett and then Bosk and like double bounty. It's just he's a tool. He's a tool for that. And 88's like a fan favorite. He's been around the, you know, he's like he didn't is a droid hanging out there as like a bounty hunter in the movie. Like we didn't get a lot of context until like later on with the comics and expanded universe and stuff. 88's just cool. Um, yeah, and at 110 points, he's super affordable. And he doesn't need any upgrades. Like right? you can get away with like literally just recon intel. Yep, that's just usually get him closer to that range three. There's there's upgrades that are definitely good, but he doesn't need them, and that's usually like that's a sign of a well designed unit, in my opinion. Like yeah. he's a very well designed unit. Um, they did a great job with IG88. Um, I think they did a pretty but... similar job with IG11, but he's held back a little bit. He's just not played like he's just yeah. never played like I, and I'll be honest, like I think I played him maybe one time like he's got a lot of cool things like gunslinger super neat, like especially because he can do it at range four, like range four gunslingers cool. And then range because range three is when he gets his pierce, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So it's like and then right. Yeah. The programming really holds him back because he's a bounty hunter. He doesn't get a lot of orders um rebels don't give out a lot of orders although i'm talking i guess i'm talking it from the rebel perspective because like yeah we can start there i'm not sure yeah so it's like the operative slot is so important in the rebel faction and like he's never on my list of units that like i want to consider like he's pretty far down that list like i mean right now it's like competitive speak competitively speaking it's like cassian and he's a commander but you're taking K2 with Cassian, like right. almost 99. I've never not taken him. And I think like 95% of the time, so you're going to take K2 with him. So it's like your one commander, your one operative is done. You have one of each left. So it's like, it's really hard to get to IG-11 when there's like so many more interesting options ahead of him that like we know are very good. Like Ahsoka, um, you know, formerly Sabine was very good. She's pretty mediocre now. Um, we haven't uh, even touched on either Luke yet. We haven't. Um, it's like, it, I, I mean, Chewie's a star, right? It's like if you don't have another plan for that operative slot, like if you're not planning to take like Ahsoka or Operative Luke, like I think you just want to stick Chewie in there as a wound battery and Pierce at range three and he can line back. He can do a lot of things. Yeah, he um, actually, he lets you not joust, but he lets you set up a little bit of a gunfight in the early going when you still have your critical when they've got their he, larger pools. He doesn't have to kind of tip the tide. He doesn't have sharpshooter, but he almost always gets a wound because of that surge crit. 
and it's Pierce. It's like he and he's really good against armor. He's elite against armor. If the armor doesn't have cover, it's like he gets two wounds without aim, like almost every time, sometimes more. It's so it's like it's hard to even consider eleven. Um, I know like Evan, our buddy Evan Boris, like mess around with him a little bit, and like uh, I just like I, I just think he hasn't been played enough to really like uh have like a, an opinion and we're just we decided to talk about these units because these units released like exactly a year ago yep um like exactly which i thought was cool i'm like hey let's talk about this because these guys came out a year ago <laughs> yeah and you said that they haven't really been played and i think that's a a little bit of an indictment to a lot of just rebel testing he's probably been played but he hasn't really shown up in major events you know the the legion group thing yeah. has kind of settled on the cassie and ahsoka as that and obviously it's a very strong rebel list it's probably not the only list we just haven't really mm-hmm. taken the time to explore it um but we saw down at crucible uh Jarade did like a double speeder concept that was based around like r2 operative luke and full commandos um there's probably a double speeder list with like han and ig11 mm-hmm. or even just r2 and ig11 because if you can mitigate the movement with the ai uh aim or attack and all you're doing is aiming shooting because you're shooting from the speeder base, you can get around some of the li- you know the liabilities because arguably that AI is the only thing that holds 11 back. I agree with that. Right? I mean, he gets the extra pierce or he gets the suppressive, and you just can't take the nanny programming over him, I don't think. Because, that. Yeah, that implies you're taking Grogu, and or is the nanny programming free? Uh, let me double check for you. I think it might be free. I don't think you have to take Grogu for nanny programming. No, you don't. But I think it is. I believe it's free. So if you're not taking bounty programming, it, it is free. But you still yeah. get an AI. It's just dodge move. Yeah, which seems not great. Right, because um, you still have the move aspect. <laughs> AI stinks. AI Gosh. stinks. And you can't get consistent orders. Yep. And I think yeah. that goes for both Rebels and Empire. I played a list when he first came out. Now that I think about it, with him and Lando, because Land. Right against you. Yeah, I specifically remember table. playing. Yep, we were playing in my basement. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, and I remember like using uh, Ace to give him an order. I think, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is really cool, but it's not really that. It's like, uh, I guess that's cool, but like, yeah. I yeah ar- arguably, the problem is that his command cards. Ace. You also have to take the self destruct one. It's mandatory. Yes. So in a faction, uh, both rebels and empire that has a lot of killer three pips, uh, that one's not. Fun fact, you can continue you can continuously out of it with Lando though. So uh, And now you spend over two hundred points and you haven't even gotten to the rest of your army. Yeah, but you have Lando's <laughs> range three pierce with sharpshooter two. He's great. He's, Lando's he's a yeah, he's no, he's he's fine. He's cool. He's, he's fun. fine. Oh man, maybe I'll bring Lando this weekend. Jesus. I want to bring I'm right, I'm bringing rebels. I know That's that. Fine. I'm bringing rebels now. I don't know. Just bring eleven end in. Yeah. Just double down. Yeah, and I never, I never played his donut card, like the the you know the mm-hmm. shoot everybody. I guess it's now range one to two, so yes. it's not like it's not like silly, but uh, I, I yeah, I I don't know. So many things. Maybe I'll play IG eleven this week. Yeah, sounds good. And then now we come to the star of the show with the man with the shiniest armor, Dinjarin, who he's got a special place in my heart. I, I he's a fun unit. Command cards are simple, like very simple to understand. Um, he's just fun. He's just like way too expensive. Like yes, 
like way you got, too expensive. Yeah, you got to take the jetpack, right? You got to take a couple trainings. You got to take a weapon, either the spear or the amban. You're probably and you really want to take the flamethrower to take advantage of Arsenal too. But then he's he's like almost as much as he's as much as Commander Luke. It's crazy. Yeah, if you're just talking amban, jetpack, and flame projector, you're at one thirty eight, which is just too much. And that's really Din's only problem, I think, is that he just costs too much in a faction that needs to spend 110 in an operative slot, unless you're yep. taking a Jedi like Ahsoka. Yep. Um, but it's the same issue that Sabine has. They just need that 15 points less, and then they're they're fine. You know, you can actually make plays of Din right now. You could, you can still, you can slot him into the Ahsoka slot in the Cassian lists, um, and you know the effectiveness goes down as you lose. Force it saves you a few points, cards, but. You get the extra points, you get another heavy. You can make a valid like store championship level run with that. You're just probably not going to dodge enough matchups to go 5-0 and at a major tournament. Right. So, you know, your mileage may vary there. Um, I, mentioned, uh... Uh, I mentioned the Arsenal thing earlier. Uh, I'm sorry, the loadout thing mm-hmm. earlier. I think that becomes a lot better for him if they reduce the points on like the jetpack. You know, because at 15, though, I guess at that point, it's still more mandatory. Never mind. Uh, it, yeah, it's... it's because you have to take the jetpack. But if he's, you make yeah, it smaller, so maybe you can justify it. Yeah, he's just so expensive. And it's like, I like thematically, like, the jetpack is an attachment and it's not just part of him. Because, like, he didn't have it in the first, you know, the first eight nine episodes of the show right i Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was eight or ten episode show it was a while it was like half the season yeah he didn't get it but like once you put it on him he's 120 points it's like and it takes up it's cool he has two gear slots but like they're take they're you know generally taken by the jetpack and the flamethrower immediately it'd be cool if he could like have a little more flexibility with it like like i don't know like giving him like a third gear slot and like making the jetpack like five like five points instead i think like probably does goes a whole long way to making him uh a lot more interesting and seeing like tables more often yeah din at 110 base is a lot better than 120 base including the jetpack and like in a vacuum i don't like i don't love that the spear is five more points than the ambin rifle because like i think the ambin rifle in some scenarios is like amazing and the, the spear is good all the time. It's, you know, very straightforward. It gives you duelist and a pretty good melee beat stick. Um, but the Ambin rifle in a situation where like, oh, Anakin's right there and he has one wound left. Let me just take care of that. And he can't gem so me like that's really strong. Um, it, yeah, it's a thing that works. It can't be boiled away. It can't mm-hmm. be medicked away. Yep. yep. If it kills him. Right. Yep. Um. um do you think there's list options that haven't really been explored with Din enough yet? Because he's been on the shelf for a while for a lot of players. Like we haven't right. really seen a lot of Din on the table. Right. I played him this week. Uh, but it's like he definitely feels like he definitely feels like a unit that wants to be paired with like another like another operative that is similarly like like decent. But it's too he's too expensive for that. Like you would love to pair him with Ahsoka, but like that's like 380 points, give or take. And then, you know, what else are you bringing? Like it really like hampers what you can take with the rest of the list when you're taking all these characters that cost a lot. Like, yeah, they're about 350 together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But the good thing about Din is like you're not necessarily worried about like what who he synergizes with, like which other characters, what other units. It's just like he kind of does his own thing. Like, especially like and you almost always want to take that comms relay on him because like mm-hmm. you're gonna want to use it at least once so that you take advantage of him having, you know, his own aim and his own dodge um for free. Giving the order yeah, something that's, else. That's arguably one of his issues too, is that his command cards are very selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the in vogue units in Legion at the moment have non selfish command cards. Right. Ahsoka does a lot for the other mm-hmm. part of the army. Cassian does. Boba does now, which sounds very weird. There's a lot of value in like command cards for operatives that deal orders out to additional units. That because mm-hmm. that was not something that like when the game originally came out in its design, the design space they they didn't do that. Chewie was the exception because his command cards were paired to a character, his but it was cards. very specific. Chewie? Yeah. What? Oh, I said he has command cards. I mean, the when he's played with Han, that three pip is really good because you can do you can do Han tricks twice. This is true. Which this is, is true. great. Because Han tricks are a lot of fun. Uh but yeah, it's like like and whistling birds can be a dud just because like sometimes it's like an army that doesn't like I, I had Whistling Birds in my hand when I was playing against Kashyyyk Defenders, but it's like, uh, it's not really a great, like, play there. It doesn't like, do anything. It doesn't, right. It doesn't, like, do anything. It, like, um, it's, it won't even kill a model. Right. Yeah, it won't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I do I think mean, Din could potentially use a little rework of some of the command cards. We've already seen it with Anakin, that they've kind of retrofitted some of the command cards to give extra orders. I don't think it fits his character though. Like I don't thematically, either. it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't think so either, but I think it might be necessary to really make him playable if they're determined to not unless points. I mean when we get grief cargo one day, I hope they have a teamwork card. That's all. I want like him to have a teamwork card with grief cargo. He should have had a teamwork card with IG eleven. Missed opportunity. That would be cool. Uh um, I don't know who Grief Cargo is though, so I'll take your word for it. Carl Weathers. Oh, okay. Apollo Creed. The, what? I know oh, who that man. is. I just didn't know that was his name. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Long story uh, short, cut his points. IG-88, good. IG-11, Great. who knows? Uh, Din, help. Right? Help. Yeah. Just help. Help. All right. CRB we're uh like almost a full competitive season in with the new rules mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of uh there was a lot of uh jumping off the balconies and like wailing and gnashing of teeth yeah and how are how how are we feeling about it now I I'm pretty much okay with everything except deflect Make uh... deflect great again. <laughs> Yes, I think that's been beat to death worse deflect. than somebody with deflect in melee. I probably say um, it every cast. Pro- uh, I'm not kidding, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, deflect I, is bad. I, that's fine. Yeah. We've we've all accepted that as fact. Um, but I think for the it's most, it's never part, over. <laughs> I refuse to give up. Block is better than deflect. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I don't get it. it. Doesn't make any sense. It's kind of yeah. like their own Craig Kimbrell again. It's just like <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. If they put Kimbrell in tomorrow, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, Philly's deep cut. Um, <sighs> but I think for the most part, the rules are fine. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess the three big sections of rule change that have really come up have been cover, movement, and terrain rules and definitions. I can count. Yes. Yeah. That is three. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, there's still some really weird edge cases. Um, it feels a little gamey at times. Cover feels very simplified and basic. Boring. 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 Yeah. It's boring. Um, but it's pretty clean for the most part. It's pretty easy to understand. It's just underwhelming when you get there. Yes. Right. It's like, do you want, do you want to just start with cover? Sure. Um, I still think the rule is boring. I think it's basic. It took away some of the skill of positioning, um, but it's it's super easy to do. Um, I do yeah. think the vehicle silhouettes still need work. We've just gotten lucky that armor has, <laughs> has not really been in the meta. Well, the armor that is really good and exists is a trooper base. So this is true. This is true. Um, I also, I mean, the the ATST giving full line of sight blocking is still very dumb. Um, I think. Ah, uh, yeah, that's bad. We've that's seen silly. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we're just lucky that the best version of Ewoks has Chewie on foot, so that we haven't really um, <laughs> exposed that. Yeah. Uh, because you can't fit the fourteen activations behind the ATST. Uh, you can just fit twelve, and that's not enough apparently. Uh, but it's it is what it is. I think that a lot of the hype for the uh, the demise of the cover system was overblown, um, but I think there's still a lot of grains of truth that we've seen shake out. Heavy cover is super prevalent, and it's almost impossible to accidentally cohere yourself out of cover anymore. Um, you know, you have to actively try to to not get blocked by a piece of terrain. Um, but I think we'll talk about that a little bit in the competitive terrain building segment. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is what it is. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very easy to teach. It is it's very easy to teach. Um, uh, so I appreciate that. It, it like oftentimes we just like look at like you're playing and you're like you look at this and you're like, well, they might have cover where before. You would be like, they might have cover. Let's check. Right. But now you're like, they might have cover. They have cover. Well, let's move on. Like, let's let's go to the next step. Let's roll dice. It uh, definitely sped up a lot of this, the judge call processes, right. which is which is great. Yeah. I like that part. Yep. Um, movement. This is my big one. I know I was pretty anti-rule change for this at the beginning. Which part? Uh, I hate jump for everybody. Okay. I think yeah. it devalues side to side lateral movement skills. I think it's great. I think it's I, I'm I'm on the other side, but oh no, I said that's where I started. That's there, where I started. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It shifted a little bit. Yeah. So you go through your spot. Yeah, sure. So like I looked at it the first time when we first saw it, like I looked at it like I'm gonna see people on top of the cool pieces of terrain I built. Where like Legion was almost always played like on the ground. Like people didn't usually go on top of buildings unless like they started on top of a building. That was usually like if there was like a big building and that like started in a deployment zone, you'd see units on top of buildings and stuff like that usually. But like climbing was scary because of the dice, you know, that you got to roll dice. You might yeah. lose your whole thing, your whole unit. Uh, right. It's <laughs> like, but you're seeing, you see strike teams on top of, you know, like on like an Ewok forts up top. And like, you know, you got people on these big rock, you know, uh structures i'm like i'm having trouble with words today <laughs> but yeah it's i think cover is or i'm sorry movement i think movement uh was greatly improved by that it watered down jump a bit 
like it definitely watered it down. They still get to do it at, you know, their speed. If they're a Mandalorian, it's speed three. If they're a Jedi, it's usually speed two. Uh, but uh, it, but it killed scale. And that's where like they they just like cut a keyword at its knees. Uh, scale is now just not even an interesting keyword. Like people ask what it does. And I'm like, you just have expert climber and unhindered. So you can climb height two things, which is cool. But like you can also just pay two points for that. Right. Um, and I, yeah, unhindered is okay. Uh, it's very good on characters that like have, you know, relentless or steady, uh, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, and then like, I think the best change and like, this is not related to climbing, uh, the, you don't have to like train track units on the movement tools anymore. And people never did that anyway. Uh, you know, I usually I'm playing a game like, you know, like it doesn't like, you know, here's the building and like my rebel trooper can't touch the building. Like it's like, you know, the wall is lava. I don't know, but it's like, it makes sense that they'd like scoot around the building, like, you know, and be able to go to the other side. And, and, you know, and I like that, like, if, you know, you can go off the table and go around things. Like if you need, if there's a building and like, if you can, you know, make it to the other side, you get the other side. It's great. Uh, that was definitely a positive change. A hundred percent of the way the climbing, I understand the reservations that some people had or still have. Yeah. I've come around on it quite a bit. Um, I definitely appreciate the fact that it is much easier. Uh, I'll still stand by some of my original points that it, it cheapens a lot of positioning side to side. Um, and I actually, it makes me wish that we use the tape measure format for movement, honestly, um, because a lot of the the movement changes, like you just mentioned, like scooting around the building or moving off the side of the board, a lot of it just deals with start and finish. So if we yeah. just set an exact range of like six inches or whatever we wanted to do, I think it would just continue down that path. So if and when we see like a 2.0 update, if this is the style of movement that they like, if it's continuing to go this way, if players like it, I, I would like to see movement shift a little bit more towards just a set, like essentially yeah. a donut. They use, uh, Spec Ops uses a tape measure, Do they? which is interesting. Yes, okay. it uses tape measure for movement, or maybe it's range. Maybe it's only for range it uses a tape measure. Actually, I think it's range. Yeah, I guess I think I'll, movement's still I'll make it easier if you just want to give us a range stick, and the range stick is the right. The, like, I think that would be fine. You know, if, they, if they're yeah. married to their template concept, then we can use so, it. Though that like for range though, I love that like speed a speed two move is less than six inches. It's barely less than six oh, inches, but oh, it is. Yes, That's yes. a super oh, important. I'm sorry. I, I was right, using yeah. it as an example. Like just give okay. me a stick and this stick is the movement. Because obviously a speed three wouldn't work on like three range. You know, right. you would need a, a different size tool. But if you want to do something that way, if they're married to the the templates, I think that would be great. But it I would think also overall, yeah. are good. It would also be a way, yeah. There's there's a, yeah, there's a lot of things I do. I do kind of like the rules right now. Um, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, I don't mind it. Uh, it. It did help gun lines quite a bit because you can just kite easier. And I'm mm -hmm. a gun line player, so that part is good. <laughs> but I, I definitely over blew that one. I will fully admit that. It's not as bad as I thought it would be, despite the fact that it's not my favorite. You aren't the only one. Uh, yeah, I'm just mm -hmm. I'm just admitting. Yep. Uh, let's see. I will say terrain rules and definitions are glorious. 
I think that solves so many issues ahead of time. Uh, I'm really glad that they split the or changed the definition for impassable. Um, because I think that was a source of concern when you were teaching a new player in the past. It was like, oh, hey, I can climb this thing that's impassable. Well, but you can't walk past it. How can you climb it? And it just, <laughs> yeah, in terms of grammar, didn't make any sense. Right. And now that they've clarified that, I think that one's just been a net win since the start. Sure. Um, area terrain is still obviously the same. Like nothing really changed there other than the way that they, they split the definitions of buildings. And I think that was a good clarification. Mm -hmm. Obstacle. Yes. Obstacle terrain. I'll admit I still don't know what all of the definitions are or mean, but I know how to implement it on a table. That's a judge's <laughs> job. Yeah, I'm not a judge anymore. Fuck mm. that. <laughs> <sighs> you want to talk about how we set up terrain from a competitive standpoint then based on all of these in effect? Sure. Yeah. I do I the what I want. Yeah, that is true. I guess the first thing that I do want to ask is now that we've seen much more climbing and ease of access and jump and we're seeing jump to and like Asajj and uh, Ahsoka. Do we, have we seen more height two and three buildings? Are we seeing more on tables? No, but like, I definitely want to implement them more in my, <laughs> I was at top deck the other day. I was talking to Colin and he was like, we were talking about how excited we both are for Genotians and like height jump three is now a thing because Sunfac has jump three. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Oh, you got to make a new Geonosis table with height three. And I was like, Hmm, maybe. <laughs> uh, you never know. But yeah, I mean, like, it's now a thing. Um, I do have something to say, though, about height three, now that, like, it's relevant, because it wasn't really relevant before. It's usually, like, height two and then infinite, right? It's like, mm -hmm. that's usually where you went. But now we have units that can act, that can interact with, you know, height three. Uh the airspeeder needs to be errated to height to jump to speeder three hundred percent. There's yes, no there's no way a little bug man with butterfly wings can fly higher than an airspeeder. I'm just saying. That's it. That's it. All right. I won't like side tangent over. No, that's fair. Uh, I actually don't think we'll see a lot of height three buildings. To be honest with you, just because yeah. that's really hard to transport. Y yeah, like, it's got to be. You start to get into the physical realm of like this is too difficult to put onto a table if you're gonna have like. Like, how are you getting these places? So, like, if it's 3D printed, like, the designers are generally very good about it being, like, you know, like, you can take it apart. Right, multi-levels. Like but like it's a still, piece. like, a very large piece of terrain you have mm -hmm. to transport. It still takes up the space. It's just, you know. um, I'm excited for the challenge in the future, but, like, you know, um, nothing crazy coming up for me uh, before, like, before PAX, so to speak. Uh. Uh, but like for me, like how I'm designing tables, I'm just trying to design them like with a little bit less just in general, like not less, not less of one type, like less. Cause like, it's very, honestly, it's very easy to just take a lot of the scatter off the table and it's just works better for the rules, but it's less interesting. Like the scatter is really what like in my opinion, that like really brings the table to life. It's usually like the really cool big pieces that you see. That's like, you see like the ion cannon on Hoth or like that big weird trade tower on most Eisley, mm -hmm. something like that. Like those are like the really cool feature pieces or like a lat in the middle of the table. And then the scatter is what kind of like. That's what gives it its theme. It's flavor. right. It like, it fills it in real nice. So you don't want to give it all the scatter. But you still, but you don't want to get rid of like the solid obstacle buildings because 
there you know you need you need positions to like hide behind if you need to you need you things have, you to have to stop. hide from the the fire sports right <laughs> my poor white saves um but like it's like i'm trying to like design them with a little bit less in mind so you mentioned generally... a couple of different a couple of different types there um obviously the main types of terrain that you put on the table are obstacle terrain like buildings area terrain mm-hmm. and then scatter yep um in the past uh you know for the first like four years of the game you you would say that most terrain was obstacle then we had a lot of scatter and there's like a couple pieces of area terrain mm-hmm. do you think that still holds true have you seen some of the scatter drop lower than the area I mean, not personally, because it's usually like my tables I'm playing on and they haven't been like I haven't updated many of them since the CRB. Like I have a few new ones, but I haven't updated a lot of the old ones to account for that. Like it's a little bit easy for me because my tables are usually denser. I can just take a few pieces off and I usually like to have at least a handful of pieces of area terrain. I know that like it's always something that's harder to implement and people always want more of it. It's always like the it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't, yeah, I don't know. On the concept of area terrain with its implementing, while it can be tough to build, where do you like to put it on the table when you're setting up for a major? Like when you're getting set up for packs and you're putting your area terrain out, do you find that that works best for balance when it's in the center of the table as the piece? Do you like to put it off to the corners? Do you like it kind of in the the diagonals for it, like coming off the intercept points? I like them where I know they're probably going to be impactful and useful and used. So, and that's kind of like, so not in a specific area. Cause usually I'm like around four pieces of area terrain on a table, which is like not as that's much as some question. people would like. Yeah. I'm usually like four, maybe six, like some of them I have a lot more. Some of them I have a lot less, but uh, I like to put them like towards the center. Cause usually that's where they will be like relevant or at least could be. Uh, uh, I try not, I, sometimes I will put them as like a center, like KP type thing, uh, that make it makes a lot of sense. Cause like it's providing cover, but you can shoot through it, which is great. You don't want like a giant big line of sight blocker in the center usually. Uh, cause it's all, if it's in the center, it also makes things like recover and hostage, like sometimes impossible to deal with. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't really have like a set rule. It's usually like, but you'll, if you like go, like if you go to one of my events, like you'll see patterns, you'll see things that like every person who puts a table together, like they're usually like, it's usually each table is going to feel a little similar, a little, you're like, obviously I'm trying not to make them right. Yeah. It basically like, obviously it's not like, I'm not trying to make them like symmetrical and all the same, but like I want them to all be fair. So it it's hard to like not make them. It's hard to make them all different, like, like a layout completely different if it's you're setting up all the tables. So mm-hmm. it's also good to have somebody else come around and like look at them before the event, somebody else who has the experience and like change things. Like I did that for Jordan at Crucible and I think the tables were great. So yeah. he set them up and I like rejiggered things here and there. But and if when we're talking about like area placements, I'm a big fan of putting them not as the centerpiece. Um you have a lot of like just shorter than a silhouette crate pieces that work nicely as the center those are my favorite things because they're not really coverable because you can't sit on top of them but they're also like a physical piece 
And mm-hmm. sometimes when you put big areas pieces in the center, it gets difficult to do KP. Yeah. Um, because it can really push things way out to the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to kind of put the area if you're picturing like five to six o'clock and then eleven to twelve, kind of coming in from like that major offensive section. So that it comes into play while you're there, but it doesn't really block you out yep. of the center. You can't just play peekaboo and hide around it. And then I also like to just stack the area in the main deployment zones. Because I think when you're talking about like disarray or advanced positions, it's nice to not have that tiny or that giant building back in the corner of your deployment zone right. that blocks it out. You know, it gives you some flexibility yep. about which angles and routes you want to go. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> How much so, area is too much area, though? I don't know that there that I don't know that there is too much as long as you have enough obstacle terrain and line of sight blockers that there's like sometimes like there's like you know occasionally there's a table that has like just it's almost all area terrain and by definition area terrain is not line of sight blocking even if like you could hide a silhouette behind a piece of it like and occasionally you'll make a piece of area terrain where like you can hide a silhouette behind something but you need to make sure your opponent you, that everyone is clear that this is area terrain so it is not line of sight blocking under any circumstances however occasionally you see tables and they're usually like they're usually tables with trees because trees are very like that's kind of like area terrain smaller trees like palm trees smaller deciduous type trees little pine trees and stuff like that that's like that's really like what people love to make into area terrain that's bread and butter area terrain right yeah scarif like my scarif table has that's the one that has the most area terrain on it like I think I have like five or six. I think I have like six pieces, and they're all like pretty decent size. Like you can very easily hide like two or three units of troopers like in them, like behind them and in them. So uh, I think it's a really good table. But then you see some where like they just have way too much. Like they, you know, this is like, and sometimes table design gets you get into like the you get into like you have to find the balance of like theme and playability and fun. And like, there is a balance between all of those. And sometimes like, it's very easy for a lot of people, especially like if you haven't like played the game a lot or you're more of a hobbyist to like your table is going to lean way more thematic and like thematic than it will playable and fun. So, and that's, that can kind of uh, be a problem, I think, because I see a lot of tables that like, this is the Battle of Hoth, and there's like five pieces of terrain on this table, and it's like, I it looks great, but it Nick, looks there's great. a trench system that covers the entire great. thing, but like, where are you hiding anything? <laughs> so. Off the table when they're shot. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, you made a comment earlier: hostage and recover. Big buildings in the middle. Should they be there? And is there an exception? So there is an exception, and it's if it has, like, multiple, like, ramps or staircases. And it's you got to make sure that it's big enough that, like, that center point is not going to, like, is not going to, like, be hanging on an edge or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to accidentally – because, like, also in the middle of a tournament, like, terrain gets bumped all the time. So, like, you got to make sure it's not, like, small enough that, like, if it gets bumped, like, half an inch at one point, that now it's not playable for the next table. Because sometimes that can happen. So, like, it's got to be something big. It's got to be something that, like, you can access without, like... Because otherwise, if you have, like, you know, an army of, like, Mandos and you're playing, like, Recover the Supplies, like, they're going to they're gonna have a really good chance of just running away with the game because they have jump and you don't. 
So does the climbing rule impact at all? Because I've seen a number of tables recently, because I know the center point being a larger building was a pretty big no-no for a long time for that reason, because you just sometimes auto lost because you couldn't get to the top and somebody could jump. Um, what about right. like having platforms that are there that if you picture height one is six inches, they're like five inches tall so that mm -hmm. everybody can climb up to it. Right. Do you think I, that works? Because we saw I, some of those situations I, at Nova. I think that that can work, but I think just in general, having like a big line of sight blocking building in the center, it can, in a competitive setting, like between two very competitive players of like a high skill level, like that's just going to be a game. That's not interesting. Sometimes like they're just going to each, like no one's going to engage until the end of the game. And they're just going to like, you know, whatever their objective is, if it's KP, it's like, they're all just going to wait until the end of the game and then they might engage, but like they might not. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes a very boring game. So I think that like not putting terrain in the center of the table still holds true. And it's not like their line of sight block terrain. Like you just shouldn't do it. Even if it's your center piece and like, it's supposed to be in the center, like, like, you know, like it probably like a giant pyramid temple. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I did it before too, before I was running like real tournaments. Like I used to like do weird, like stuff like that too. And it's like, you learn from it and you, you realize that it's going to like cause headaches and it's better for it not to be in the center table. So they're still going to see it. It's still going to be part of the, the game, you know, yep. but it shouldn't be in the center. The only thing worse than a large building in the center is a wall in the center. Because yep. that just says, if you don't have a forest user, you lose the game. I mean, we've talked about our game at Nova before COVID where the centerpiece of terrain oh, yeah. was that building and like there happened to be walls blocking oh, my yeah, doorway that weren't supposed to be there, but they were. Walls. So play it as it's as it lies. Yeah. And it like that's a prime example of why a piece of terrain like that should not be in the center of the table because like you had Luke and Sabine and I did not have those units. Yep. So I did not win that game. But I probably didn't win that game for a lot of reasons, but as one of them yeah that that's a good point even with the new climb rules like that still doesn't make too much of a difference right. there yeah because you're still going to be two inches faster on you know every single move and like yeah it's like yep yep how big is too big for a line of sight blocker though like you probably don't want something larger than like four or five inches from side to side right yeah and it's hard sometimes it's hard for me because like i like really cool pieces and like the really cool pieces tend to be really big. Um, I think if you have to like, I think it generally speaking, if like you have to like, if you're on one end and you like double move to the other end and you're still like not on the other side, like, or you're not like clear of the building, that's mm -hmm. probably too big, but it depends on the piece. Like if it's like a, a big building and then it has like a small building on top, it plays a little differently. So it can work. Um, I, I don't think there is a, I think that as long as you can, when you're making this table, you're making your terrain pieces. I think that you need to keep design in mind, as long as you don't have too many of them, like you can have one really big thing, but you can't have like four really big things. Right. It won't, it doesn't like, it doesn't really work anymore. Um, There's just too much like large terrain and it makes the, it can make the game uninteractive. Yeah, what an example of a game that we'll probably briefly mention in the next segment. Um, you have a like a Corbin table and mm -hmm. it's got a giant pyramid. And mm -hmm. there's a number of tables out there that have that concept. You've got the yep. ion cannon, like you mentioned. Yeah. And and that's where you talk about putting the tables in from the blue player perspective, the bottom left and then the top right hand corner. 
Yep. They don't they don't occupy most of the deployment zones. There's mm-hmm. things like Long March and Danger Close that still impacted disarray, but mm-hmm. they're not the standard ones. Yep. And if you're going to take a large piece of terrain and you're married to it and you definitely want it on your competitive table, stick them in those corners. For sure. And you can still have the you can still have the view, it's still going to come into play for some deployments, but it doesn't dominate the game. Agreed. Yeah, that's something I learned pretty quickly. Like, uh, I think even before I did the first ACO was that like keeping those pieces like outside of the major offensive deployment zones, like up in the corners is better. Like, but yep. I think that basically wraps up like what makes a competitive table, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Don't block the middle of giant buildings, keep them in the top corners, put some area on it pull back some of the scatter so that you're not in permanent cover. Yep. Uh, Do you want to talk about very briefly about just a fun terrain discussion? That was a lot of fun. It was. All right. Yes. Worlds. Yeah. So we played, we played a couple test games um, just to kind of get some reps. And I haven't actually played against your Cassian Ahsoka list until that game. Yeah. I didn't play a lot before Nova. Like, I played like I, versions I really of it either. before. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, we played. Uh I played basically my Nova. I think it was my Nova list. I didn't even it get the cards out. I didn't even get the cards out. I only got the command cards out in battle deck because I was like, I know how to play this list. Uh yeah, it was fun. I mean, Yoda is like and I play against a lot of really good Yoda players too. Like, you know, I play against all kinds of Yoda players, but like I especially play against like you and you know rich o'brien i play against sometimes like i play against really good yoda players and like he's just like he can just do so much it's so like you it's, you can't like it's so hard to beat yeah we we talked two weeks ago with uh with mike about the yoda padme list so i know we ran through a couple different variations of it again this week in our in our two games mm-hmm. um and man it still doesn't feel like a great matchup going into the cassie and ahsoka list um one of the things that you do very well is that you've got five right five range five plus shots mm-hmm. um between the snipers the fds and cassian and mm-hmm. it doesn't let yoda really dictate the engagement right and uh other than the vets there's not really an easy target to get to without exposing your units and then that still relies on you exposing the vets um mm-hmm. i still think it's an okay matchup we ended up playing two games and weirdly enough i lost on key positions but won on breakthrough which yeah, and the breakthrough game was wild. Um, that breakthrough game was wild. Yeah, I tried to throw it away to you, and you you did, you did try. I did. I'm like, it was just it was major offensive, and like the table kind of like, I went this way and he went that way. We like toilet bowled, and it was like, uh, you know, but he, I got bored and threw an yeah, arc he got right bored and threw an arc trooper at me, and like, I didn't even kill it, but like I was able to like, you know kill something else and i i played my snipers really poorly and that's generally like a that's a weak point in my game is like i don't play strike teams i play them probably too aggressively or too casually like i don't like i don't value them as much as i should Mm -hmm. like they're an activation i need to value them as much as the next one like because one of the strengths of the list is that i have 10 activations right uh and they all they almost all get to shoot so but yeah, I lost a strike team early in that game because like I just I didn't have enough room behind the line of sight blocker and like to hide everything completely. And like I didn't like 
I didn't leave enough room for the strike team to like, you know, completely hide and you were able to see both models and kill them. So Mm -hmm. that was, that was that. I'd be willing to go out on a limb and say that the Cassian Ahsoka slash Cassian Luke build is the second worst matchup for the Yoda list. Um, I still think like double dark Gav is probably worse (laughs) just because you're relying on rolling crits against something like that. Um, there's just it's not a bad matchup for like everybody. Yeah, unless... there's just there's just not enough. I don't think there's enough impact in the Yoda list. You just have to hope that your crits show up. Yep. And you know, nine times out of ten, they do because you yeah. have 18 aim tokens, but you yep. still need them to show up. Yep. Um, but I, I do not think it's a very comfortable matchup, and I expect that we'll see a lot more of it because it handles a lot of things well. Agreed. Um, I also had a chance to play Yoda Yoda Padme, or I played an Anakin Padme list against the Yoda Padme versions. Um, and that was a pretty boring mirror, not gonna lie. Nothing really died until turn four when one of us got a little oh, too aggressive. Man. We both get to token castle. It's so boring. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's basically game. what it was. We, luckily it was intercept, so like one of us had to step forward. Yeah. So it kind of ended on four. Um you have to I'm be curious. you have to be a real you have to be really patient with those lists with the you like do. the Yoda, the, the like the token battery list, like the Anakin list. You have to like be really like you have to just be really patient. Like like Yoda says, patience. Or every Jedi says patience. They all say it. I must admit, I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards taking Anakin Padme to the next tournament um, versus Yoda Padme. Um, it's been getting a lot of like hype, the Yoda version, so I do expect people to lean a little bit heavier with some of the armor and the Dark Troopers. Sure. And I think the Anakin Padme list just shreds that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if people over-rotate over to counter Yoda, I think the Anakin ones get better. And I don't have enough arcs for five of her, so I uh, I will not be doing that one. I can help you with that. You can. Um, but I also like fucking hate flight stands and all of my arcs oh, are broken dude, right now. I know. Literally I wish all of my arcs. If I still had the resin printer, I could print you like the little smoke clouds <laughs> that are like, you know, they don't break as often. Though like they still like the, you know, because there's not like a specific contact point and like you super glue them, they still like tend. But they're a lot easier to put back together. Like way yeah, easier. I um I have a boat. This is a tangent. I have a Boba Fett model that the flight stand broke and I ended up just using his foot standing up on top of like a dead HK droid. Like a nice. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I think I'm just going to do that with my arcs and just have sure. them walking over dead droids. Uh, Cause I'm not putting them back on the flight stands. Yeah. The, the flight but, stands for like the Shatterpoint Mandalorians and stuff are really cool. Cause they? like, yeah, there's, that. it's all smoke. It's all smoke <laughs> clouds and stuff. Oh, nice. Hey but, man, I mean, you, well, we can play Shatterpoint sometime. Can, but we're not. Okay. No. No, eh. we're not. But I actually, I I think I'm gonna get some more reps with the Anakin Padme list. Um, that one kind of impressed me with some of the like the quad essay dodging ones. That uh, I think it'll do pretty well. Yeah. Uh is there anything like unexpected showing up that you've been seeing as you're kind of prepping? No. Um, if Worlds was tomorrow, I would be playing Ahsoka Cassie and K two. So I'm kind of just like I need to like. I know it can. I know it does well in a lot of matchups. Like it can do well against Blizzard. It can do well against, you know, the the clone the clone lines and stuff. Uh, I just it's more for me right now. For me, it's more about like getting those quality reps in with that list and just mm-hmm. like practicing with that. Uh, I because like we have no idea. Like maybe Genotians are like really really good. Uh, Inquisitors are probably really really good. Yeah. Um, and if they're there, that's something we got to worry about. And like, uh, like, can I, can I laugh for a second about that? 
Yes, you can. In the game I played earlier today, I turned off two force pushes. Sorry, two force barriers, a push, and a reflex in two turns. <laughs> You're rude. It was oh absurd. man, they can't even get their free dodge. That's they can't so even get their free dodge. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, like it's I, like it's so not just force push, guys. This we is... were we were playing, and he was like, "I'm gonna tap." I was like, "Do you want to tap your reflexes?" He's like, "I'm not even sure because I'm not even sure it's gonna work." I'm like, "Why wouldn't it work?" He's like, "Cause you could stop it." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And it's not Fuck limited. Him. You just keep doing it like every time. Like, huh, huh, oh no, you don't get to do it. It's yeah, like I, I rolled it's up like with the IG com- and I threw like four crits, and I was like, "Do you want a barrier or a crit?" And, or I sorry, I, it was two crits and four hits, and I I was like, "I'm gonna fish for crits," and he's like, "Why are you fishing for crits?" I was like, "Cause you barrier." He's like, "Dude, you have two inquisitors. You think barrier is even gonna trigger?" And then it didn't. It's <laughs> it's like the Matumbo commercial where he's like, "Oh no, no, not today!" <laughs> Except every time, it's like, "Oh, not today." <laughs> it's pretty gross. So bad. I um, it so sorry. much. I'm so I sad. Do. No, I do think you're ready for the new world and I'm not, oh, I'm not ready for it. I'm just starting. <laughs> I'm just starting. Okay. I have to be ready. Um, if that's the route that people start to go down though, is that some more of like the double inquisitor concepts and then more of the, like the Yoda Padme, I do think see more lists like Kentucky Dan's from Nova. The six pike spam with Bosk actually deals pretty decent damage and Bosk throws too many crits for Yoda to barrier. And he's he's gonna force saves and things are gonna die. And that list doesn't have a great wheel, great way of dealing with a massive amount of suppression. Um, you know, I, there's Padme's one pip, you can pull him off that way. You've got a lot of courage two units with the arcs, but if you put down a concentrated amount of suppression, they are gonna get slowed. Yep. So I think people are still sleeping on that. Um, there's a belligerent amount of tokens with the pike spam still. And mm-hmm. going the dire- the direction of like Bosk instead of uh instead of mall might be okay because you don't have to cut anything yep it's a gross 10x any final sure thoughts is. legion's go, fun play more birds. legion go birds yeah they're <laughs> playing in like two hours i'm excited uh phillies though man i don't know those last uh those first two games in arizona pretty disappointing <laughs> though now they get to win at home yeah it's great Aaron Nola's got a 0.96 in three starts this game Nola's been so good Nola's been so good since we're paying everybody they got to pay him now right yeah I don't think there's anyone him. better on the market no I mean like so we can get into this later yeah <laughs> all right goodbye all right, everybody bye. thanks for joining us <laughs>